With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm sorry, man. I um, uh, hit the wrong button. Forgive me. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all okay. Good. How you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm doing. I, I, I can't complain. Um, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's, it's difficult sometimes when the kids going through stuff, man. But you know we used to it. Uh, right, right. And, and and look, I'm gonna tell you, man. I'm I'm one of these guys. And I'm sure. Uh, uh, of course, we call him OP. I'm so old and sad to you. I mean, uh, you know, I I expect you know my kids to to do what makes them happy, but at the same time to make their uh, education f- first and foremost. Uh, right, you know, right. That, and uh, I'm a graduate of HBCU, so. When uh, Prayer View came to the table uh, and told us that Alec was going to be the Weeden Scholar, man, we was we was, we was happy. Right, um, right. And uh, you know he worked hard in the classroom and on the field. Unfortunately for him, uh, he he's always been um, a kid who uh, performed in the classroom. And his peers and coaches did not approve. And I'm not saying because he's my son, but they never seemed to fully grasp his idea of being excellent in the classroom and excellent on the football field. He's a four-sport athlete, okay. uh, all district, all state in football and baseball. He came in third in 100 uh, his senior year uh, in, in district uh, 4A taps. So he runs a 4 4 40. Uh, 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 I think he clocked it. He led in one uh, in state uh, in the hundred meters. Uh, he did four by two hundred. Um, I mean, you know, just and he was one. He played basketball as well. Okay. Now, what school did he go to? Uh, he went to initially it, it, the story. Uh, he initially went to Jesuit out of Houston. Then we moved uh, back to Dallas. He went to Bishop Dunn. Uh, there okay. he took them. He took them to the state championship in football as a quarterback. Okay. And okay. then my job transferred me back to Houston. So he he uh, came back to Houston and went to Westbury Christian. He tried to go back to uh, to, to Jesuit, and he's the only kid that in God knows how many years that they didn't allow to come back who was academically qualified. And, mm. uh, because he's an honor student, National Honor Society, all this stuff. And again, I always say, man, if Alan was a, a white boy with his skills, with his academic prowess, he would have been, they would have been talking about him nationwide. Right, right. Uh, uh, and it just, and he's a, he, he just wanted them kids, and I could do everything and perform in the classroom. Um, and uh, coaches, our, our own brothers, man, didn't know how to handle it. Because uh, Alec was a team player. He was well-liked. But when he came to his work, he would say to the coach, he'd say, coach, you know, we got, I got physics, AP physics tomorrow. 
<laughs> we can't be out here till eight o'clock. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but you know, um, I'm exaggerating, but he he's able to to manage that. But again, uh, his uh, his coach has never truly appreciated that part of his. You know, they say they understand the student athlete, but they didn't treat him. And I always told them they could take away everything from you, man, but they can't take away your brain. Right, so, right, um, right. So what what so, is this challenge that he's facing at Purdue now? Uh, almost the, the, the same thing uh, in, the, in this sense. He wanted to be a dual sport athlete. Um, but, of course, Purdue uh, didn't officially recruit him because he's an academic athlete. Right, so then okay. it's not on on the scholarship side. So he spoke to Coach Dooley, who actually um, who gave him you know great compliments and, and everything. Uh, but come spring training, uh, Coach was like, "Look, we gotta we gotta pay homage and, and to our kids who are who here on on uh, uh, athletic scholarship. Mm-hmm. It's fine for you, but you know it's gonna be a long trek up to the top." Now, when I tell you Alec is a true D1 level quarterback, he, he is. I'm not just saying because I'm just telling what everyone else did, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was attempting to play football and baseball. Now, he practiced both in the fall, and he posted a 3.8, I believe. Okay. So he practiced, he practiced football. He was, on, he was a scout team quarterback in the fall. And he he went to uh, he was red shirt red shirt in the beginning of baseball season because he had a meniscus uh, repair, but he started practicing baseball late in the fall, right? So they red shirted okay. in baseball, put him on the roster, which okay, I was like, okay, cool. So uh, the entire month of January, he practiced baseball, and the first two weeks, a uh, week and a half of spring training for football, he did. And he just he just called me up. He said, "Dad, he said I just I, I'm not fitting in, so to speak." Um, and, and I didn't quite understand. So what are you talking about? He said, "Well, he said I just don't feel like I fit." Uh, he said, "And besides that, I'm really thinking about saving myself just for for baseball because I I don't want to beat my body up. I, I don't want to always be tired. I haven't had a break. That you know those sort of things." Uh-huh. But as I look deep into the story. You know, you got kids. He wanted to deal with kids in the locker room. But a couple of coaches, he walked up. They called him, hey, genius, what's up? Here comes the smart guy. Well, what, what does that do to his peers, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so I just said, dude, does that affect me? So then I'm not really worried about that. He said, I deal with that. He said, but I just truly want to concentrate on baseball. And I was like, okay, man, look, you don't have to beat yourself up. About it, so he went and talked to Coach Dooley. I think Coach Dooley was a little disappointed, but he told him he understood. So he put put everything in in the baseball bucket. Um, just started working hard, blah blah blah. And uh, he, as a redshirt freshman, you know you don't get you don't get playing time. You don't get all these things that, that, that the, the normal players get. The coaches don't have time for you, right? So you get your reps and you do whatever. So he expected to go into next year on the team. He was on the roster. Well, he got the phone call yesterday, and uh, Coach Riggins basically told him that uh, there's no space for him. Uh, he's not in the budget. And 
I said, well, that doesn't sound right. So I typically don't call coaches because I think as young men, they need to be able to, you know, they need to be able to understand, look, in this world, everything you're not going to be getting to you, and at some point you got to manage yourself. Mm-hmm. So so I say, did you talk to him? He said, well, yeah, this is what he said. And I said, no, I, said, I need to call. I need to call Coach Williams. And the reason why I called uh, Mike is because my older son, Austin, was on that on on the team walking on. He transferred from Mountain View, true baseball player, true athlete. Uh, he played uh, junior college ball, and he just had a long road. Uh, he actually got got uh, accepted to Mass Maritime University up in Cape Cod because okay. he thought he wanted to do maritime engineering. There he was going to play football and baseball. He's just like Alex, uh, but he decided not to do ma- uh, maritime engineering because he said that I'm going to probably be on the water <laughs> 10 months out of the year. So he decided okay. to transfer. Uh, he initially wanted to come to Prairie View uh, from the transfer, but uh, just the, commun- the communication got messed up with the application and that sort of thing. So he went to Mountain View. Uh, he went to Mountain View for, for a year, and then, then he transferred to uh, Prairie View. He played okay. baseball at Mountain View up in, 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 in Dallas. And Coach, they, I mean, they loved Austin. Now, this is my oldest son now. Uh, Austin was told he was on a team. Everything in the fall was great. This past January, right before the season started, Coach Wiggins called him in and said, hey, man, we like you. We love you. You're a team player. You're a leader. You're all these game, all these activists. He said, but we don't have room for you. Okay. And Austin, Austin was slowing. I was like, what? So I didn't call Coach Wiggins. And I said, okay, he's a walk-on kid. They don't have room for him. It's not like he's on scholarship, so I just kind of, you know, stuck right. in my hand a little bit. Well, now enters Alex. I'm like, Austin is a great baseball player. Alex is a number two uncommitted baseball player in the nation with a card to perfect game. Okay. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a real deal. I mean, he, he, can, he can play anybody in baseball team in the country. Okay. He's just that. He's that level athlete. He, again, he's a full sport guy. He really excelled in football and baseball. All right, so much so where we had the Reds and the Dodgers called thinking about drafting. Okay. And they decided they was going to draft him low. Well, what? No, is that low? I can't. But he he was he's going to go past the nineteenth round. And he said, Ah, you, you let you go to college, and then we're going to keep our eye on those two teams. Right, that's the level of baseball player that Alec is, right? So when we got the call, when Alec got the call yesterday saying that he was released from the team, I just couldn't, I, I just had to call Coach. I said, Coach, I said, I'm, I mean, this is a non-competition call because, I'm, again, I'm not that way. I said, I just need to know from me that I know it's not about Alex's athleticism because that's what you told me. However, I need to know what do I need to do to make Alec a better man, a better person. Because I'm being presumptuous in that, okay, got to be some non-athletic going on here. If I, I just want to make sure if I need to fix something about Alec's character, about what he was doing, right. that we can address that issue. He says, he says no, we don't have a spot for him. He's not in the budget. And I said, Coach, he, he's not a part of your budget. He's an academic kid, full scholarship. He's a free kid. 
And he said, well, I, well, we just don't have a spot for him. And I was like, okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, I just, I, I was like, oh, I just couldn't believe it. And so, so the bottom line, he said there wasn't a spot. First, he said it wasn't a budget. Then he said it wasn't a spot for him. Right. Those are the two things that he said. And that was that was the whole gist of the conversation. Yes, sir. That's it. And then, uh, upon speaking with uh, Coach White, uh, that's the outfield coach. Uh, he told Alex, I didn't speak to him. He told Alex, hey, he's not that little to discuss what was going on. So. I told him I was going to worry about it, you know. I said, man, look, said, wow. you, have, you have the talent, dude. I said, so. And the first thing so, he said was, yeah, I don't want to be. I, I like where I am. I, I, you know, he has a great relationship. But, but, but he, he loves being. Mm-hmm. His brother goes there. His brother's going to graduate from there, you know. So, but he wants to play ball, man. And so I understand what he's saying, that there is no spot for him. And and what and the kid is not costing him anything as far as the budget. Who's to stop him from going out there when they have fall ball to compete again? Can't nobody stop him from going out there, right? I don't, I don't know, but if, if, if he has... If he has this in his mind, from what I this is what I understand. I understand that the coaches, uh, Coach Riggins is the type of guy that you know, he don't, if he's not feeling, he ain't feeling. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the sense I get from it. Um, right. Right. Um, now, now, look, look, with that being said, you and I both know that there are going to be people as we continue to trek in this journey called life. There are going to be people that don't feel us. Uh, for whatever reason, they're not feeling mm-hmm. this. But I would refuse to give another man authority over me. Now, mm-hmm. the circumstances, what I'm gathering, you say your son likes being at Prairie View. He, yes, likes, he, he likes the atmosphere, and it's helping him develop to the ultimate goal of being a graduate and being a man productive in society. Right. And, and if you have a, and I'm going to call it a temporary obstacle, okay, and that's a coach that is, for whatever reason, hesitant to look in my direction even though I'm not costing you any money. I become his worst nightmare. This is just me. This is just me. Um, Because you know, like I know, 10, 20 years from now, you don't want to have your son looking in the mirror talking about what could have, would have, should have. You got what I'm saying? And when, when, when I first, and I'll tell you, this, this is a true story. When I came to Prairie View in the 88, I was all-state linebacker, all-state catcher, and I was a JUCO All-American catcher. I went and um, got, you know, off of the Prairie View, and I signed, of course. And at the time, dude, was Conway Heyman was the uh, football coach at Prairie View. I talked to Coach. I said, man, I would love to come and try to walk on because I love football too. And he said, fine, no problem. Well, long story short, Heyman gets fired. Ron Beard takes over. Mm-hmm. And when 
I come to talk to Coach Beard. Coach Beard tells me, he said, well, we don't have two sport athletes here at Purdue. He says, either you're going to be one or the other, so make up your I, mind. I, believe, I don't mean to cut you. That's the same thing we're going to tell Alec uh, in the fall, too. Uh, by the way, I forgot to tell you that part. Right. So I said, well, you know what? I got here on a baseball scholarship. <laughs> so that was a no-brainer for me, right? Mm-hmm. So what we go, we move forward. Coach Beard sees me playing intramural football out there, and he invites me to come on and try out. And, I, you know, being young, 20, somewhat thuggish, <laughs> I said, uh, no, Coach, you already told me what you, we don't have two sport athletes, so I'm going to stick with baseball and keep doing my thing. But the satisfaction I had that when he saw my capabilities, he had to recant what he told me. So my thing, and then everything is always going to be political to a degree. Mm-hmm. I got here, I'm all American catcher out of the Midwest. When I get here, they had me sit behind a guy who couldn't carry my jock strap, literally. Mm-hmm. What was I frustrated? I was ready to, you know, man, y'all can have all this. But... I had an old roommate of mine. We have been the best man of my wedding, and I've been married for 30 years. Mm-hmm. He told me, he said, Prince, whatever you do, don't get his jokers the satisfaction that you walked away. Talk me off that ledge. Long story short, I ended up becoming all-conference catcher in first baseman. All-conference and all-conference academic team, president's list, and everything. And I was able mm-hmm. to literally make them jokers eat their own words. Long story short, coaches, especially in this new millennial or a dime a dozen, they're here today and gone tomorrow. If your son is as passionate about his baseball as you described to me, as your father, as your as his father, I would help try to help him stay motivated regardless of what they're saying. Not only stay there and get abused, but if he's passionate about that game and his talent level is where it is, he he needs to go again because they can't stop him from trying out and working out. Now, if if he outlasts everybody and the crane rises to the top, what does he have to lose? Number one, he's still at a place that he's enjoying his uh, education, his uh, higher higher educational development. He's participating in a game that he loves, and he gets to stay in shape physically and mentally in the spirit of competition, whether it's in-game or out-of-game. And when the scouts, the people that have been projecting and tracking his career, got him as the number two um, uh, person in the country, then guess who that falls back on? That falls back on the coaching staff, their lack of scouting ability, and it shows the character of your son to don't let nobody tell you what you cannot do. Mm-hmm. That's just from my perspective, like I said. And um, I, my, my old, not my oldest son, my youngest son, he went uh, to Prairie for once, one year. He wanted to play baseball. He went out there and talked to him, and they gave him the same spiel. And, and my son said, Dad, after I met with him, 
I shook his hand, and I didn't feel comfortable the way he shook my hand. And I said, okay. He said, so I'm just going to go to school. And after a year of school, my son declared that he wanted to start his own business. So that's what he's done. So mm-hmm. you you want to keep him as a father to say, look here, bro, um, I can't fix everything for you, but I want to support you in whatever decision you come up with. So I would sit him down and have a heart-to-heart and ask him, you know, does he still have a strong commitment to the university on the academia side? And if he's committed in that way, then we can work this other stuff out through attrition. And that way he's not cheating himself. You still there as a supportive role. And that other shenanigans that's going on, that's going to work itself out because you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Does that make I any appreciate sense? That. Oh yeah, and I would, man, I would love him to sit in public. Man, you don't I, mind, I get. I, I, man, I because y'all, y'all, y'all have so much in common. Oh my God! Right, right. Y'all have. And, I mean, look, who am I to know what it's like to to be beat up on that on that gridiron and then and still love to play baseball? I, I, don't, I don't know what that I mean. Right. For me, you know, unfortunately for me, I got into a bad car accident in high school. Okay. And that 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 ended my athletic career. Right. You know, it was like a, it was like a movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is what it is. And I tell I tell my boys all the time. I say, man, don't live. I'm not living for you because I achieved academically what I set out to do in high school. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So I'm good on that front. I said, but if you guys want to be collegiate athletes. You want to do what you want. I said, I'm going to be there for it. My oldest son uh, was a, a top 50 rugby player in the country. He ended up getting a full scholarship to Mendeville University uh, for rugby. In, in Missouri? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, I'm from St. Louis. I know about Mendeville. Yeah. He uh, didn't want him to play football, but he was, he was a smash mouth rugby dude. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, and then my my second oldest, who I talked to you about, was a dual sports football baseball guy, and uh, he again went to national at time, and came back down home, um, and uh, his dream was to play Division One baseball after he gave up football. Mm-hmm. When I got and, Alan, and, and he could still and he can still have that dream, brother Pat. It's just it's just he has to go through a little bit different channel and chamber to achieve that. And mm-hmm. if that's part of his dream, I wouldn't let no devil in hell stop him from shooting toward that. Yes, sir. And then you have Allie. He Now I'm just going to be straight up with you. Allie wanted to be the starting quarterback for Brady. And when I tell you this kid, I can see his film. When you see this kid play quarterback and his, and his IQ is often just – off the chain. Mm-hmm. This is what Doobie said. Doobie said, this is a quote. Alex is like having another coach in the quarterback room. Now, the reason, <laughs> this, is my, now this is my own personal opinion. The reason why I think Alex didn't fit is because he had a couple of young coaches that uh, that's on the staff that was putting well, this is the scholarship kids. This is the genius. This is the the, the 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 nerdy kid, or however else you wanna, however else you wanna uh, uh, call it. 
And so by the coaches doing that, the kids going to chime in. So what happens when you go in the locker room? The kids going to start talking and messing with them. And you can't just talk mess to Alex. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. You, you, right. you, you know, so he said that. I'm, I could have ignored it, he said, but it wasn't worth the, the everyday turmoil of going to practice, dealing with the, 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 the teammates and, you know, the, and I just got to call it what it is. Maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's hate, whatever you want to call it. But that's when the coaches have to have leadership. To I'm a lieutenant colonel in the, in, in the Air Force Reserve as well. That's where leadership comes in. Right. You come in and say, hey, look, guys, this ain't happening. I'm talking to the coaches staff because the dude wanted him mad and wanted him to move forward. He could have told the coaches, man, look, y'all need to leave this kid alone. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the only reason why he stopped. Uh, but I just think, you know, when you combine all the stuff with football, because he said that I, I love to be holding football in one hand and bat on the other shoulder and put a white jacket on and, and be on the billboard on, on two nights. Right. That, that, was, that was his dream. Now, let's throw back to 2000 and so let's go back to 2015 or 2012. Is that right? Yeah, 2012. Well, at the time, I was uh, trying to introduce Pop on the football to the spring area in Texas. Okay. Well, we developed a relationship with the then head coach, and I can't think of his name. Oh, man, what is his name? Oh, so anyway, I see his face at the old stadium. So what did he do? He invited the kids. Our, our team, our team was purple. Oh, you talking about, talking about Heist Northern? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, go ahead. So we went, we went, you know, we were going to the game. And then uh, he said, hey, man, how would y'all like to play y'all, y'all championship uh, game uh, at Prairie View or just play, you know, a quarter of football in front of, in front of fans, you know? Uh, doing halftime or at the end of the game. Right. And that's what we did, man. He had it set up. The, uh, the band was there. It was, it was nice. <laughs> it, was right. cool. it was a cool experience for the kids. So imagine, because I still have the pictures, you know, you imagine how that would look. You, you have this, this kid who played there as a 12-year-old, and Alex must have scored like two touchdowns or whatever it was. But, mm-hmm. but, but at any rate, that now is the, the new quarterback or prayer. I mean, you know, um, so it, 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 uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be awesome to, to see that. But, again, he doesn't have to be that dude for a guy, man. I just want him to be happy. If he's fine playing baseball and want to take a stab at it, he says, hey, Dad, I'm, he I'm going to make it to the league. He said, I'm, that, I'm that good. But could you imagine the message? Now, you being a lieutenant, in the army, and God bless you for your service too. Mm-hmm. And and um, now you've seen petty officers coming up and um, unranked soldiers coming up, and you see it. You say, for whatever reason, uh, this dude ain't got it, and you know the dude might have it, but you tell him he don't have it. Okay, and mm-hmm. just just through that mental toughness, could you imagine telling the guy what was told to your son? And when the next time everybody get together and hear this joker he is showing up again, <laughs> imagine yeah. the message that you send after that. Like, either this dude is crazy, or 
he's that serious about wanting to do whatever he set his mind to do. And you, as a man, you have to respect that and honor that. Because you know what is easy to do? It's easy. Oh, man, the dude told me he didn't want me no more. Told me he didn't want me. I said, okay. Okay, you don't want me, but I want this. <laughs> you can't stop. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. My brain is why I'm here, and my desire is what's going to drive me. And let me show you how much drive I got. That's, man, that's, that is really it's a setup for a come up. I promise you. I promise you. And when, when the dust settles, I could hear the story backdrop now. He was a young man that was denied, but he wouldn't let his dream die. Wouldn't let his dream die. And that's, that's a powerful statement, not only for your son, but for you as a father, to know that you raised a champion to rise up. And when do champions rise? In the midst of adversity. It's easy to show up when everything is all right and when everything is lined up in your favor. But do you still have that championship drive when it seems like the deck is stacked against you? You know about that. Do we have a man? This kid has a fight. On, and I'm going to tell you, when we moved to Dallas, right, I, I might have to tell you this story, man. When we moved to Dallas, the Bishop Dunn. And Bishop Dunn is a football powerhouse. And we get there, and there's a kid from uh, Tyler, Tyler, Texas. He's starting quarterback. Uh, Alec is a sophomore. This guy's a junior. And, and Alec is like, well, Dad, he said, I said, something to tell you. I said, you got what it takes to be where he is. I said, but you got you to prove that to the coach. I said, give it all you got. You come up short, you know you gave it all you got. And sure enough, we went out there, did the thing, we came up short. Mm-hmm. His head was down. I said, boy, I said, let me tell you something. I said, what you did is show everybody here and that kid that you didn't play ball. So let me tell you how nervous they got. His dad set up, paid this other kid, this other lineman, to literally fight Alex to try to hurt him. They ended up uh, expelling this kid. Now, this kid came up kind of like I did hard, you know, um, just just making it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we needed money, single, single um, uh, raising. And, uh, you know, and we didn't press charges on the kid because he could have heard Alec really bad because he snuck him as he come in the locker room. But mm-hmm. long story short, I said, I said, son, don't, don't never let a man see you now. You defend yourself at whatever cost. Right. So I said, now it's time for you to go. I'm going to tell you, Mike, I'm going to tell you, just like I thought, I said, now it's time for you to go take that nigga job. I said, yep. this is how it's going to go down? Yep. I said, they, have, they were awakened a sleeping giant. By October, Alex was starting to order back. There you go. There you go. He took it, bro. He, yeah, and, and it was the most amazing thing. It was like a movie. It's like. The kid was so intimidated, he made so many mistakes. Huh. But, like, but like I got to laugh. Like I said, but you've been to this before, man. Right. Like, you know. Well, just, just remind him that he was built for this, he was born for this, and he'll get through this. Okay. 
Get I appreciate that. that. No problem. And if if he needs to give me a holler, man, tell him I'm, I'm available. Share my number. Man, I am going to share his number because I know y'all could talk about the real deal because guess what? I can't share that experience. You can. You can tell him what it's like for God and, and knowing you better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You so, know. look, man, and, and part of my job, man, I, I, I try to invest back in kids and my community and my university and, and everything that I can, um, and and I will consider the honor and a, and, a, and a blessing to be able to share whatever I can with you, son. Uh, and I truly appreciate that. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, man, um, what is, uh, tell me it'd be best to call me during the daytime, because believe it or not, I'm normally in the bed by now. But I'm about man, to... I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. No, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. But um, uh, do know, man, that, that I am an, av- an, uh, an advocacy for not only just your son, but for every kid, especially that come through the portals of Prairie View. And whatever I can do to help that cause, I'm a phone call away. Man, that, that, that's real talk. So I'm, I'm going to have out to call you uh, tomorrow and during yes, the day. Sir. And, yes, sir. And then shoot. And, and then we go, we, we go sit down and, and write and, and talk and laugh about it 10 years from now. There you go. <laughs> there you go, my man. There you go. Yes, so tell him to keep his head up, man, and I look forward to his call. Okay, thank you. All right, all right, thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.